Man, God is so good. He's way better than the Springboks. Right? I should have worn a shirt that said Jesus, man. Yeah, green and gold for I, Jesus. I want to change it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thinking during worship and now when I was uh, just after worship, I was like, it's so crazy that we can attach ourselves to something that's bigger than us, like the World Cup, and, and attach ourselves to a winning team. Because everybody wants to be a part of a winning team. Amen? We have that, we have that, that sense in our hearts that we, want that we want to be a part of that victory. We want, to, we want to attach ourselves to something that is good and big and prosperous and successful. You know? But we've got to be careful. Yeah. Because we must attach ourselves. That's fine. You can enjoy that stuff. But remember, it's... It's temporary things. It's, it's, it's perishable stuff. We must attach ourselves to the victory that we have in Jesus. Amen? Amen? That must be the thing that gets you up in the morning. You watch people, they got no life until something like the World Cup comes around. And all of a sudden, yes, they got a skip in their step and they, they're the first one up in the morning and it's like, yeah, we've got a purpose for life again. You think I'm joking? I'm being serious. This happens to people. Are you with me? This happens to people. But we must be attached to the victory that's inside of us. I'm telling you right now, the victory with Jesus, the walk with Jesus, the game of life with Jesus will never be as stressful as the one that you watched last night. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I promise you. He ain't going to lead just for two and a half minutes of the game. Before the whistle starts, you win. <laughs> be a part of that victory. Be a part of that. Seek that out. That's where you're going to find life. Amen? Amen? Turn to the person next to you. Look them in the eye and say, listen to me. You will not find life in sport. You will not find life in caffeine. You will not find life in sugar. You will not find treasure no, 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 I'm going to go somewhere. I'm not going to go there. I was about to say you find treasures in your boogers. No, you will not find, <laughs> you will not find life anywhere outside of your heart. Amen? Are you with me, folks? Come on. We have to understand this. You know, when you tap into that thing, you can be like Paul the Apostle, who says, man, I labored under grace more abundantly Amen. than any other disciple or apostle. Yeah. He never was under the law. He never had, a, a, he was never compelled to, to do something for the Lord out of works. He was under the power of grace. He tapped into the ability of God, the victory of God, the finished work of Jesus. He tapped into that thing and he was able to work harder, longer, reach more people than any other apostle that even walked eye to eye, face to face with Jesus. Some of them even walked away from him. He never walked with Jesus. Nope. But look what he did. Two-thirds of your Bible, two-thirds of your Bible are from that man. What got Paul up in the morning? What got Paul up in the morning to perform like that under grace? He tapped into a life source 
He tapped into something way beyond a cup of coffee he can give you. Amen. Or a monster. What do you call these things? Energy drinks. Red Bull. Don't touch them. Those things will finish you up. Anyway. Hey, cheers. <laughs> Amen? <coughs> Are you with me, folks? You've got to look after your heart, man. The Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows forth the issues of life. If you're just giving your heart over to all these things, trying to get some purpose and some, something out there, what are you going to have left for Jesus? You're trying to get life from all these things, but, you know, he just gets left on the shelf. And then you, when it's all not working for you, then we want to run to him and with this broken, finished heart and, I need you, Lord, I need you. And God's going, I, I was here all along. Yeah. I was here all along. Mm. I've always been the source. I've always been love. I've always been the truth. I've always been the way. Why do you keep seeking something else somewhere else outside of me? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's it. Enjoy all those things. But don't look and don't ever let them be something that you rely on. Do you know that when you, you're feeling down and you think like you, need, you can't cope without a cup of coffee without a Lexington, you know? What's a Lexington? Smoke. Oh. Gunston. Well, Lexington is before your, most of your time. <laughs> Today you guys are smoking uh, um, USBs. A USB stick. A USB stick. <laughs> I'm vaping. My daughter's running out, bro. <laughs> Yeah, the daughter of your lungs are running out. <laughs> Guys, I'm not being funny, but whoever puts a mark, uh, 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 what do you call that thing? USB stick. A USB stick in their mouth and puffs smoke. There's nothing more stupid than that in, on planet Earth. Please don't do it. That's a belief, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. AR cigarettes. <laughs> AI cigarettes. Life is getting funny, bro. Life is getting funny. Now, I know you're not Dorf, but you're acting Dorf. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Amen. Oh, there's some USB smokers in the house here. Is that why there's so much silence? Hey, hey, hey. These guys are pointing fingers at each yeah, other yeah, here. I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing fingers going like that. <laughs> Please put it into your computer. No, you might get a virus. Just throw it away. Hey, 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 Man, Bash, say good morning, bud. How's the peeps? God is good. The worship was amazing. The voice is gone. I was actually doing well this morning until worship, and then the voice just went. So whoever's listening to this now and this recording later, my apologies, but it is what it is. Praise the Lord. Um, but, you know, this morning we were talking about the, the relying on God, you know. And, you know, as a believer, you've got a very, very tough uh, reality ahead of you in the sense that if you choose to believe in Jesus, you know that nothing in this world can make you whole. Nothing in this world can give you peace. You can't escape through any physical thing, you know. doesn't matter how much you abuse your body or hack your body or change your body. You cannot escape, right? Look at what's happening in the world today with all these, these surgeries and, you know, all this kind of stuff, transitioning, you know. They're trying to put a consequence in their body because of a hurt that's in their heart. That's what it is, you know? And because the body is so real to us, you know, we think, hey, caffeine, sugar, 
you know, maybe if I just sleep it out, it's going to be cool, you know, whatever it is. But we need to accept as believers that Christ is the only healer of our hearts. Amen? There is no one else, you know? And um, while we were worshiping, I had such an amazing uh, um, image, man, that I was experiencing. It was so cool in the sense of, has anyone here ever been around a, a very uh, um, valuable leader in your life? You know, someone you honored so much. Anyone? Someone you honored so much? You know, where, where yes, see, when you were walking with them, you were just like, this is cool. Whether it was your parents, someone at work, you know, someone at school, whatever it was, but like, just think of that person now and you know, like how they made you feel, you know, that wherever you went, whatever you did, wherever you were, even if it was an environment you had no clue about, if that person was there, you were shops. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like you just, sometimes you just stand and, you, and you're watching, and you're like, okay, what are they going to do? It's like you're excited to see what they're going to do, but you know they got it down. You guys know what I'm talking about? Let's go to Matthew 6.33. <clears throat> now, you guys saw this week is the, uh, what did we call it? The Carefree Christian. Carefree Christian. Yeah, the Carefree Christian, right? Now, I don't know about you guys, but it's great to live without cares. Hallelujah. And I think we all need to work to consistently live like that, regardless whether they are cares or not, but to trust in God, amen? And this is... Jesus, the one and only speaking here, and he says, look, guys, and you guys know this, I mean, this, this is an age-old scripture, especially for the modern church, because worry and fear is probably the most prevalent topics in the church, in the world today. You know, they're always talking about how, you know, fighting your battles, and don't be scared, the Lord is with you. you know, there's always these, the, these words to address fear and worry, you know, which is interesting, because Jesus didn't address it that much. You know, if you look through scripture concerning all the other things that we spoke about, that he spoke about, and even the apostles later, fear was not this massive thing or the center of everything, you know, but um, in today's world, we find that believers are extremely fearful. They feel extremely limited, extremely pressurized, you know, Lord, break these chains, you know, that whole story. And... Um, and I wanted to look at this this morning, and uh, everyone knows that it's the do not worry passage, like I was saying. So, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, foundationally, we, say, we, we understand that scripture teaches us we are a spirit, we're a soul, and we're in a body. You guys with me, right? Now, we understand that there are needs on every one of those levels. Okay, and typically, typically, as uh, uh, human beings, we normally experience on the body level. Are you guys with me? If you wake up tomorrow and you got a headache, I'm pretty sure that headache's a bit more real to you than I'm saved by grace through faith. Anyone can agree, right? That headache is a bicky more real at that moment, right? But like I was saying earlier, is that the road ahead of us is that we need to understand that it is. Our spiritual reality that is, must become the authority in our lives. So, if my body is experiencing a headache, right? I'm experiencing a weakness. I'm experiencing a sickness. What do I need to do in that moment? Because I'm really not carefree when that headache's on me on Monday morning. Sometimes the headache's not in my head. Sometimes it's a person. Praise the Lord. Right? Sometimes it's traffic. Sometimes it's that taxi driver that cuts you off. <laughs> okay? But whatever that is, as a believer... Your responsibility is to acknowledge your spirit reality. And what is our spirit reality? Our spirit reality is that we are a new creation. 
We are redeemed. We are righteous. Saved, uh, saved, healed, delivered, set free, made prosperous. Are you with me? Our spirit reality is that the Holy Spirit is one spirit with us. Now listen, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think, wow, God on his throne. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's amazing. But subconsciously, we create a distance, right? Then we think about, wow, Jesus actually walked. He came here, man. He, he, he was born a man. Yeah. You know, Jesus went to the toilet like we do. And then people all of a sudden have this new, you know, perspective of Jesus. Wow, he was a man. You know, he died as a man does. And he was raised again. And then we move on to a New Testament reality and we realize, hold on one second. God is alive inside me right now. I remember that image I gave you about that leader, that valuable person in your life that you're always with, that you always feel safe with, that you're always counting on them to make a decision in the situation. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do, you know that if you're with them, you're safe. You guys know what I'm saying? God himself is alive in your heart right now. But Bash, I should be feeling better. Well, where's your feeling? Your feeling's not in your spirit. Your feeling's in your soul. Are you guys with me? Now, if we're feeling Burden and heavy laden, like Jesus said, you know. It's funny, he didn't say, hey, if you're feeling burden heavy laden, just have some Red Bull, you're going to be okay. Smoke a USB stick. Jesus didn't say that, right? What did he say? He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, I don't know about you guys, but man, rest is probably the most valuable thing I've experienced in life. Amen? And rest is a product of peace. Amen? Because how many of you have been asleep, but you're not asleep? Hey, yes, everyone's just like, yeah, you know, but if you go to bed and you're like, okay, I know I need to sleep because my body is telling me, dude, if you don't sleep, I'm going to give up on you. You're like, okay, hold on, body. Take it easy. I'm with you. Hold on. What do you do? Your dutiful thing is to go in the bed. Okay, I'm going to close my eyes. And then you know when you're closing your eyes and then your eyes do this thing for the whole night? You guys know what I'm talking about? Where this goes like this, you know, you stay in this permanent REM cycle and you never go, get anywhere. And then your alarm goes off. You're like, what? It's only been five seconds. And in your mind, you're just like, okay, I'm downhill from here. It's fine. And one of two things happens when you get on that road. Number one is that eventually you endure and everything just pans out, you know, and then it settles again. All of a sudden you can sleep. The problems get sorted, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or you have a change where you reach this moment. You're like, I've had enough. Lord, help me. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? Now... We want to get to, Lord, help me as quickly as possible. <laughs> Are you guys with me? We want to get to that point as quickly as possible. And Jesus over here in Matthew 6.33. Thanks, bruv. <clears throat> but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? So spirit, soul, body, like I was explaining now. As a believer, we're led by needs. Are you with me? As a human being, we're always led by needs. Number one, it's the body needs. Are you with me? I need to sleep. I need to eat. I need to breathe. I need water. You guys know what I'm talking about? Then we're driven by the needs of our soul. I need to feel happy. I need to feel safe. I need to feel fulfilled. I need to feel like I have purpose. You guys understand what I'm saying? Right? But Jesus talking here and saying, listen, all these things will be added. Everyone say added. 
Now, the decisions we've made throughout our lives and how we've been taught to make decisions is that if you have a need, go out and sort it out. Go out and figure it out, right? But we've been making those decisions based on our own wisdom, our own logic, you know, our own experience and culture and traditions, right? I mean, you go to, you go to uh, uh, one cultural environment, and let's say they'll tell you, listen, if you've got a headache, this is how you deal with it. But if you go to a different cultural thing, they'll tell you, no, if you've got a headache, you do this. You know, everyone ha has been given these things that have passed down through generations, right? But Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on, unto you. Now, there's two things he said to seek. What are they? Number one is kingdom, right? Number two is his righteousness. Now, let's talk about his kingdom for a second, right? Because it's so interesting when you go look at that word. In the New Testament, it's not mentioned or not explained in a sense of go find his castle. Are you with me? Even when Jesus was standing before Pilate, Pilate's like, dude, are you a king? Jesus is like, yes. He's like, okay, you say you're a king, but you're in chains in front of me. You've got a crown of thorns on your head. You've been beaten like senseless here. Where's your kingdom? And he tells him, he says, my kingdom's not of this world. Now, Pilate, in his mind, being a carnal person, he's like, but, okay, king, where's your castle? Are you with me? And then he's looking at Jesus and be like, this, this Jesus is mental. He probably even said, maybe, maybe the Jews were right, that he is a criminal and a troublemaker, right? But even then, the Lord appears to Pilate, and, and Pilate himself feels the, 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 the deity of Jesus, and he washes his hands. He says, listen, this is a holy man. His blood is not on my hands, right? So what was Jesus talking about when he said, my kingdom is not of this world? Because you see, the kingdom of God is not a destination for you guys. The kingdom of God is not some, like I said, major castle or anything. The kingdom of God is the place where the king has his correct place in your life. Are you with me? That's what his kingdom is, is that he must be reigning in that place in your life. Because you cannot experience his kingdom without the king. If you take the king out of his kingdom, you're just dumb. Right? You guys didn't get it. You, you guys went too deep. You went too deep there, man. I, I was just... They, they were so engrossed in taking notes, they wrote that down. Yeah, they wrote... <laughs> but look, if you take the king out of the kingdom, you're just dumb. Right? And, and it's so amazing that the Bible was written for South Africans. The rest of the world doesn't know what dom is. Right? The, you know, <laughs> let's take it back a little bit because this is... I see where you're going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's just take it back slightly, okay? So G, Jesus says to Nicodemus, 3 o'clock in the morning. Did, did you guys know that Jesus never, ever preached being reborn like the church does? Whoa. What are you saying? Listen. Jesus never preached in public, you must be reborn. Jesus only ever preached about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a farmer. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. He never once preached, you must be reborn, to a public setting. He spoke about it at 3 o'clock in the morning, around about there, as far as I can remember, to a very elderly man by the name of Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee. And Nicodemus couldn't understand this concept. 
And he still said, do I have to climb back into my mother's womb? Because he couldn't understand what Jesus was saying. And Jesus made it clear in John 3, 3 that being reborn and being in the kingdom are two very different things. Hello? Yeah. Being reborn and being in the kingdom are two very different things. He spoke about being, re being born into water and blood. The water means you have to be a human being here. You have to be of a body, because if you don't have a body in this realm, you're illegal. Mm, the water of the womb, yeah. It's the water of the womb of your mother's womb. So you have to be born of the water. You have to have a body, a human body. Therefore, you now have authority in this realm. Okay? Then you must be reborn of the blood, which is the blood. It's, well, actually, it says the spirit. And it's speaking about being uh, fully possessed by the Holy Spirit. So now, what does that mean? That means king, priest. You're born in through the water that gives you the authority in this realm. You see, God doesn't even have authority in this realm, guys. He's given all authority in this realm to you and I. That's what the Bible says. Go read it carefully. And that's why you shouldn't be scared of demons. Because they are illegal. They have no authority in this realm. They have not been born of the water of a woman's womb. They have no authority here. Do not be afraid of them. But you are also a priest because the Holy Spirit has come into your spirit and regenerated you. So therefore you are now born of the, of, of, of the flesh through the, the mother's womb, the water, and you have authority. You are a king. You have dominion over here. You have authority of every circumstance, every thought, every feeling. You're supposed to have kingship over it, kingdom, king dominion over it. Are you with me? Over everything that is of the spiritual realm as well, because you have the power of the Holy Spirit now inside of you. Jesus is not the kingdom. Check these faces. Can we go a little bit deeper this morning? Jesus is not the kingdom. Jesus is the door. He said it clearly. I am the door. Hello? So this is why I was saying to Trish the other day, people, they get bored with church. You know why? Because we sing glory to the door. What? <laughs> we sing in glory to the door. Blessed be the door. Yes, Jesus is the most important thing in your life. But he said, I am the door to the kingdom, and you will come and you will go through me. You will have the authority in the spiritual realm and this realm through me. I am the door. Hello? The problem with religion is everybody goes to church to book their ticket to heaven. And the reason why everybody has no power, no authority, no blessing, no peace, no joy, no nothing that the kingdom provides is because they're all waiting to go to heaven. And they're not going through the door. Jesus said, I'm the door, come through me, enter into the pastures and partake. 
Are you with me? Now, for your religious mindset, a lot of people are going, yes, but Jesus is, how can you say that about Jesus? I never said it. He said it. Go read the Bible. I am the door to the kingdom. I have given you the keys of the, not to the kingdom, of the kingdom. What are, what are keys significant of? Unlocking realms. A realm, in and out of a realm. You're allowed to take a key. If I take a key and I open that door over there, I go into another space, another realm. What's it called? The cafeteria. Yeah. I go from the realm of the auditorium into the realm of the cafeteria. Mm. It's all it is. Yeah. Hello? Mm-hmm. Are, you, do you, are you guys comprehending? Yeah, 100%. So to be reborn doesn't mean that you're in the kingdom. You still got to open the door. You still got to take the keys. You still got to use the authority. You still got to use belief and faith to enter into that thing that the kingdom of God allows you to go in. And then once you're in the kingdom, once you're experiencing the kingdom, the kingdom of God opens access. It's a realm that opens access to the resources of the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? But if you're not exercising that, if you're not believing that, and you're just playing church on a Sunday, and you're just going, oh, you know what, life is so hectic, or you know what, I can do this in my own strength. There's always two extremes. The one is, I can do it in my own strength, or the other one is, it's just so hectic, I'm just waiting to go to heaven. Right now, at this time, do you know how many people just want to get on that flight? Because they see war, they see famine, they see uh, um, uh, all the stuff happening with uh, COVID and this pestilence and all that. And people have in their hearts, man, let's just get out of here. Let's just get onto the airplane. Let's go. Jesus is taking us away here. We can't be like that. Although we know that's our blessed hope has been promised to us. But you don't know when that's going to take place. Could be the next five years, could be the next 10 years. Nobody actually knows. And what are you going to do from now to then? Are you going to access the kingdom of God? Are you going to exercise your authority? Are you going to live by faith? Are you going to partake of the good stuff that the kingdom has for you, that Jesus died for you to have? Hello? Or are you just going to sit back and say, are we out of here? The world has gone to a pile of poo. Who cares? It is. But we're not of this world. And we're not seeking the stuff of this world. Exactly. Hello? Come on. Come on. We're of another kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Are you with me? Mm. Do you know, 11, uh, sorry, Matthew 6, uh, 33, if you read it all in context, we read further down and we get to Matthew 11. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. let's just go there quickly. Look at what Jesus says. It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Next one. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Who is he talking to? There's there's a type of soul, there's a type of person that he's speaking to you. Exactly. Can anyone tell me?
Good answer. Religious people. Good answer. Anyone ever heard of name it, claim it, grab it, stab it, jab it, take it, fake it, make it? You've heard all those lines? Let's go to Matthew eleven twelve. Let's see who he's talking to. Because if you read in context, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Who are the souls that are weary and burdened? Say it again. The ones that are trying to take it by force. Yeah. Forceful prayers. Forceful planning. Yeah. Forceful will. Forceful purpose. Forceful striving. Working. Earning. He's, he's talking to that person. That's who Jesus is talking to. And you go back to Matthew 6, 33. In context, if you read Matthew, he's saying, if you just seek the kingdom, mm. everything that I've provided for you, there's no more of this stuff. You don't take it by force. Exactly. You enter into the kingdom. Yep. Do you know what the difference is between a kingdom and a democracy is? A democracy, you have to make it happen. In the kingdom, it's the onus of the king to provide for the subjects. Any kingdom works like that. You see, we've never grown up in a kingdom, so we don't understand that. Yeah. We've always grown up in these uh, democratic societies where we elect the presidents and we do this and we say how it runs. But in a kingdom, it's actually the opposite. The king uh, sets forth the system. He, he opens the system. And he, he makes sure that the system provides right down to the man on the street. Mm. From top to bottom. It's not bottom up. It's bottom down. Hello? Are you guys getting this? Yeah. Listen. Listen. Open your hearts. Listen. You can't play church. If you want the stuff that Jesus has got, you've got to go find it in the kingdom. Yeah. And now he says, where's the kingdom? They ask him, they say, where's the kingdom, the Pharisees? I think it's Matthew 6 or Luke 4, I can't remember. But he says, the kingdom cannot be observed outside. The kingdom is inside your heart. Yeah. Hello? So there's a realm inside you through the door of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all the same. And he has opened up a realm for you in your heart where you can go in now using the keys that Jesus has given us in the scriptures and we can go and partake and we can go and experience righteousness, peace, joy, purpose, fulfillment, accuracy. You can live accurately with your spouse. You can live accurately in your, in your job. Mm. You can live accurately with your emotions. You can actually experience results with all these things for the first time if you do it through him. That's it. But if you choose to take it by force, you're all on your own. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Do you not understand that religion has stolen the keys of the kingdom from us? 
Religion has made it all about what you can bring to God, what you can do. Do enough so that you can get to heaven one day. That's it. We've missed it completely. Jesus, nine out of ten times, he spoke about the kingdom. So why is the church not making it their business to understand how to live in the kingdom? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Why are we, our job as Christians is to find out what happens in that kingdom. How does it run? How does the king decree? What does he decree? Yeah. What are my rights? It's difference between being a member of a church and a citizen of a kingdom. Hello? Yeah. Are you a citizen? If you are a citizen, you have some rights, you have some rulership, you have things by default that a member will never have. A visitor can never have. Hello? Mm. The doorway is free. Jesus says you can come and you can go. But it's up to you what you want to partake of, how much you want to enjoy, how much you want to experience. Some people go as far as the door, they experience it open, they take a peek and they see the kingdom and they go, sure, that was it, that was so amazing. Back to my own life. Jesus says if that's the way you live, you're never going to live in the abundant life I came to give you. Hello? That's right. You've got to have the courage, you've got to have the faith to go right through that door. Don't look back. Don't look back at what you're holding on to. Mm. And you know what? Yes, it's so nice. All the stuff is so pretty. It looks so beautiful. It looks so good. Oh, I'm getting such a warm, fuzzy feeling. But you know what? I, I need to mark my, my career. That's, that, that's the thing that's going to provide. That's the thing that's going to give me all the money and all the joy and all the, all the identity, all the purpose. And then they come back to the door and they get the fuzzy feeling and they look and they see all the stuff again. And guess what? The heart is still attached to, oh, you know what? God said I shouldn't be dating that man, but you know what? That man, I just feel he's going to be the one. He's going to do it for me. He's going to provide everything I need. Or that pastor, if I read his book, that's the book. That's the book with all the secrets. Jesus is saying, the door is open. I am the door. You can come through any time. It's for free. The cost was my blood. That's it. Amen. Are you coming? Are we going to take, take a journey together? Are we going to experience stuff that no man can experience here in his own strength? Mm. If you come with me, I'm going to show you things. Mm. Things that he says... No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine the things, the good things that God has for those who love Him. That's it. But we've got we to go there, guys. We've got to go there. You've got you to run through that door. You've got to trust Him. Remember, when you're in that realm, it opens up to the resources of heaven. 
Now you're, now you're in that realm where you can experience everything that the Father has. Why do you think Jesus said, pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's two reasons why you've got to go through that door and enjoy that kingdom. Why? Number one, so that you can experience the nature of God, partake of all the goodness that God has. Number two, because when you do come in and out, remember, you're a spiritual being and you're a physical being. You are in two realms at the same time. You have a soul and a spirit. The soul is the interface for Yah. The spirit is the, is the one that is fixed in that place. Are you with me? So when you go in and out, there's two reasons. One, for you to experience, for you to rise up to a level of a ambassador. Now, when you come back out again, you represent the kingdom. You're supposed to speak like the king because you speak on behalf of the kingdom. You say what the, Jesus showed us. He said, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't speak unless he speaks. Hello? Yeah. This thing is so simple. It's not mystified. It's not mystical. But Jesus spoke in parables. Why did he speak in parables? Not to make it hard. See, parables are stories for people that want to hear. He said, if you have ears, hear. If you have eyes to see, see. Mm. The only time you will actually see what Jesus is saying is when you are interested. You have to be interested in what the king is saying about his kingdom. Only then will you actually go to explore and understand and experience. Hello? Amen. Uh, uh, do you guys understand? It's actually so simple. But religion has mystified it all. So there's two, there's a purpose for everything. It's not just for you to be on your father's yacht. When you go into the kingdom, you're going to be on your father's yacht. I promise you're going to experience the provision of the father. It doesn't mean you're not going to work hard. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have, uh, uh, still face these natural challenges. But it means you're going to be led with his power and his wisdom through every single one of them. Mm. And mountains become little speed bumps. Hello? Do you want that love? That's your choice. You choose. You choose. And the second one is when you come out, you are an ambassador. You are a representative of the kingdom. When you speak, you're supposed to sound like the Father. He says, let all your speech be seasoned with grace. That's it. You're not supposed to come and speak to people at the boardroom and, and motivate them in their own strength, in their own talents, in their own whatever. You're supposed to be sharing the keys of the kingdom. You're supposed to be saying to them, listen, brother, there's another way of doing this. I love the way, uh, I think it was Miles Monroe, he said, the craziest thing is when Christians sit and speak about blood in the boardroom. He says, you're sitting with CEOs and presidents and whatever, and we're saying, you know, Jesus died for you on the cross, and his blood bought everything on the cross, and he was pierced with a spear, and they're going... What are you talking about? He's saying you're supposed to be living, speaking, acting, walking with the keys. Mm. 
unlocking realms, unlocking experiences, unlocking provision. And the people in the boardroom are supposed to go, wait a minute, what the heck has this guy got? And then they come and they say, what's happening here, brother? Then you go, the blood. Exactly. The piercing of his side. Mm. The nails in his hands. Then you take them through the door. But you've got to show them that the kingdom works in a different way. There's principles to this kingdom. There's a king who dictates and speaks. And when he speaks, there's provision in everything that you need. It's his way, not our way. We can't make a way and ask the king to bless it. No, it's out of his kingdom. Exactly. It's his way. Hello? Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is all of this is free. All of this is choice. All of this is by will. Amen? Amen. Do, we, do we really purpose it in our heart? You know, will and purpose, same thing. Do we purpose it in our hearts to seek the kingdom first? Trust him without looking back. Because he says, by the time you look back, you're going to be bumping into all the things that you wanted anyway. Did I say that? Am I preaching some weird prosperity message? Did you know that prosperity has got nothing to do with this? It's king, kingdom. He says if you find the kingdom, you find all of it. So the reason why we, the church has turned it into a prosperity message for the last 30, 50, 100 years is because they try to take it by force. Yeah. They try to take it by force. He's saying... Enter into the kingdom, man. Everything you need, you're going to bump into it. That's it. I will put you in the right place, doing the right thing with the right people at the right time. Because you are connected to me. You are seeking my will. You are seeking how my kingdom should be on heaven. And when you make that your priority, the kingdom, the principle of the kingdom is... The things that the pagans run after, seek after, look and search for with all their strength and all their might, they get given to you with, in, in a state of peace and a state of rest. Through patience. Not taking it by force. What does the scripture say? It says through faith and patience we enter into the promises. Hello? I just feel like there's some religious beliefs dying here as we speak. <laughs> there's definitely a religious genocide, some, some, <laughs> which is great. We, some we, people are like, you just called Jesus a door. <laughs> no, I didn't. Matthew 10 verse 9, I think it is. Go check it out. He said, I am the door. Hello? Mm. And I, I think the, with, with all of that that's available, guys, like now we saw kingdom, you know. How many of you asked the question of, okay... And I'm, I'm weary of time, so we'll, you know, we'll call it there. But how many of you asked the question for yourself personally? Am I worthy of this? Should I be here? Am I allowed to have this? Am I licensed to get this? Well, let's go back to Matthew 6.33. Because listen, that principle of king, you know, that image, when you go check it out in the Greek, it's walking with someone hand in hand. That's what it is. You can't be in the kingdom without seeking him. 
And the ones who are, who are taking it by force are the ones who have read the words and they go and be ambassadors for the kingdom, but they have no clue what the kingdom's about. We've seen that over the years, the prosperity thing being one of them, you know. But check here, it says, he's king, seek first the kingdom of God, right? That, that realm of wholeness and provision and abundance and everything. And his righteousness. Now, you know what's interesting is that religious people read this and say, seek first his kingdom and do everything right. Is that what I say? No. What is he talking about when he says you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? He's saying, seek first his kingdom and his justification for you to be there. Now, people find more comfort in going out there and being violent and using force to take the promises. You know why? Because it's a simple thing of I need to earn my blessing. I need to earn my way. I need to, you know, do all these things. Do you know that being in a position of faith to say, wow, Lord, everything that you've made available for me, Christ has made me worthy of receiving. That's what his righteousness is. You see, if you want the th everything to be added to you, guys, you need to be in the kingdom through faith in what Christ has done. You know what we do as believers? We look at our circumstance and we say, oh, I'm not in the kingdom. How do I get in? We look at our circumstance and we say, oh, well, I'm not righteous. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 hold on. For you to enter into the kingdom is purely by faith in what Christ has done. He's our justification. So the circumstance is a circumstance. But when I go into the kingdom and I am communing with the king, now, like you say, I come out with the vision from the king. And in that vision that I carry, I carry based on his righteousness, not my own. His worthiness, his, whether he's deserving of it or not. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking about, oh my goodness, I should be seeing the promises of God in my life. What do I need to fix in order to see the promises of God in my life? You need to fix your justification. That's what you need to fix. Because Jesus himself said, fear not little flock. For it delights the Father to give you the kingdom. Amen. These are the mechanics, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to change in our own hearts so that we can experience what Jesus is talking about. Now, we're not telling you to do more. We're telling you to believe. You have to believe and you need to be sitting with the king purely by faith in what Jesus has done because only he made us worthy to enter the kingdom. Are you guys with me? You know, I want to just say something. God, is it okay? I know, I know we're running over, but the average Christian, how many times throughout the day do they connect with their heart? The kingdom is in the heart. I can tell you right now, nine out of ten Christians have a mental connection. That's it. And they do not know how to access the stuff because they're too scared to let go and allow the king to control. They're too scared to enter into that place where the king takes control. You can see it during worship. People are, they can feel it. They can realize, they, they, can, they know it's here, but they will not let go. They will not let go. You need to go into your heart throughout the day. That's how you can pray without ceasing. You need to be experiencing going into your heart all the day, all day long, and reminding yourself, seeing what the kingdom has, reminding yourself of who you are in the kingdom, who paid for you to get there, what you have access to. 
And all of that drawing, you're supposed to be drawing. You see, you're not supposed to be coming and giving to the kingdom. Oh, I'll give you my 10%, you're going to bless me. Take from the kingdom. You take. Don't give into it. You take. And because you're taking, you'll find the capacity to give. But you go and you take and you take throughout the day. How? Through the righteousness, through the, through the position, through the blood, the door. You go through and you take and you see what is mine. Use your imagination. Go into your heart. Use your imagination for your, for your business. Use your, see yourself in that, in that company. See yourself in that office. See yourself uh, healing people. See yourself praying. See yourself preaching. See yourself uh, uh, setting demons out of people. S see yourself operating in that authority, in that stuff that Jesus says that you have in the kingdom. You're supposed to go in there all day long. Mm. But guess what? Nobody's connecting. No one's going into their heart. You're living up yeah, Because you still think you can do something in your own strength, in your own control, that's going to give you more than what Jesus has given you in the kingdom. That's it. Hello? Yeah. This is not, this is not for sissies, guys. This is for real men and women of faith and courage. Exactly. And I just want to make a point to that, because people always challenge me. I just need to dis make the disclaimer. What Pasadena is explaining is not the law of attraction or anything weird, okay? Because <laughs> people will say, no, that's, uh, wow. Ah. Listen, going and connecting and seeing does not make anything magically happen in your life. You know what it does? Is that when you go and, and you connect with Christ and you start experiencing your identity, right? And you start experiencing His provision in every area of your life. You know what it does? It persuades your heart that you're worthy to have it. Because the truth is, Christ has made you worthy. But when we experience His perfection and His righteousness, we carry that worthiness into our lives so that when we act to bring these things about and we act as we're led by the Spirit, we do not look at ourselves when we act. We don't see whether or not we're good enough for it. You know? Over the years, how many times have we, de have we dealt with situations where an opportunity like unbelievable good opportunities in front of someone are like, no, I don't know if I can do it. But outside in, you're looking, you're like, but listen, this is for you. Go and do it. You guys understand what I'm saying? It's for your own heart. It's not to make anything magically happen or there's a spell. That, that stuff is nonsense. It doesn't exist. What it is is so that you can carry God's image of you in your heart. Because that's the thing that's, that, that's keeping you back. The thing that's keeping you back is your image of what you deserve. And Christ is telling you, by my blood, faith in me, you can hold the righteous image in your heart. You can hold the worthy image in your heart. And people say, how did you do this? Faith in Jesus through his grace. But you, you don't look like the dude who can. It's fine. He led me and I did it. Amen? Do we look like dudes that we should be sitting up here and speaking? No. Nah. That was too no, quick. That was very quick. Was, we'll deal with you afterwards. You must come for prayer. You. Listen, man, 25 years ago, my greatest ambition was to get high. I was taking it by force. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me tell you something. I am in, I'm probably the most disqualified person in this room. I come from the streets. But today I have set free the most educated people. Not because I'm great, because I just took what he said serious. 
I live in a, a state of peace and victory that qualified psychologists have come and been set free. People who are supposed to set other people free, that are educated and they've got all the textbooks and all the knowledge, they've come and they come for counseling. At the end of the day, they're like, everything I know means nothing. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Take your whole education, throw it out the door. Amen? Using your imagination is not for you to call things in. You can only go as far as you can see. If I put a big black bag over your, over your, your windscreen, how far are you going to drive? You won't even get out the gate. Amen? It's for you to see. This is what we're going to sit on this series until you get it. We're going to sit on this series for maybe the next three months. Like Paul preached the kingdom in the book of Acts for three months. Sounds boring, eh? No. It's going to change your life. Are you ready for it? Who wants this kingdom? Close your eyes right now. Put your hand in your heart. Man, it's something so beautiful available for you. If you can just see beyond your flesh. Come on. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine the good things that God has for those who trust Him and love him. Can't love someone that you don't trust. Right now, use your imagination. Call the things that are not as if they are right now. Remember, I told you, you're born of the water and you are born of the spirit. You have the authority to access everything. No devil, no demon, no angel, no man. Nothing in this realm, nothing in the next can stop you from having what God has died for you to have. If it's a broken family that you want mended, it's yours. His way, listen, he'll lead you. If it's healing in your body, it's yours. His way, listen, he will lead you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that each one of your sheep, each one of your little flock this morning will have a desire and a devotion for your kingdom, for your ways and your principles that are much higher than ours. They are flawless. They are perfect because you are the one that created them. And over this next couple of weeks, Father, let their hearts enter in. Let their hearts experience let the abundant life flow like never before. Let them have a devotion, Father, where they're seeking this kingdom to learning the word, staying, staying committed to the word, committed to church, committed to the things of the kingdom, putting you first so that they can have all their promises met in a carefree way, Jesus' way. Amen. Give him a big round of applause.